listening to another episode of Assurance in Action, the bi-weekly podcast of your provider of total quality assurance, Intertech. I am Seth Martin-Wick, and our episode today was recorded live at Ethical Sourcing Forum in New York City. The speaker today is Rona Starr of the Association of Professional Social Compliance Auditors, or APSCA. Uh, who is discussing the association in the context of mutual recognition for brands and the organization standing in the marketplace. Without further ado, here is Rona Starr. So firstly, thanks very much um, to everybody for hanging in there. I know we're sort of screaming into the lunchtime hour. Um, And also thanks very much to the previous two panels who sort of um, warmed up and... and, um, provided some some good introductions and start to APSCA and everything that we're doing. Um, we are actually the, the sixth attempt by the industry to professionalize the industry. Um, our, our mission is, is pretty straightforward. We're here to enhance the professionalism and credibility, um, the individuals and organizations actually performing those social compliance audits. Um, APSCA itself um, was formed three years ago by nine founding audit firms, um, ranging from, from small to very large. Um, and one of the things that those nine, nine founding audit firms did, of which um, Intertech was one of them, was really take a good, hard look at some of the reasons why the previous five attempts had not been successful. And to try to make sure that we all learned from those particular, um, you know, column mistakes, I think they were great learning opportunities. Um, and, and we took those and, and, and ran with those. Um, and, and part of what they, we had done, and I say they because I was on the stakeholder board in the very beginning and then transitioned into um, um, being the only person within APSCA there for a while, um, but they made sure that they were taking that collaborative approach. We formed the stakeholder board um, as well as a number of working groups and actually all four people that were just up here on this previous panel um, have had a role to play in one or more um, than one um, uh, of the elements up here on the board. Um, I'm just going to give you some super interesting facts, and and some of these stats are are pretty new. Um, We're in the process of enrolling auditors at the moment. Um, I spoke to my colleague um, just yesterday. She told me that we now have 3,100 fully enrolled social compliance auditors in 93 different countries around the world. Um, So when people have um, concerns over potential capacity issues, um, we're starting to more uh, adapt and support APSCA in a way that, uh, you know, a number of people up here in the panel were talking about. Hopefully this can help alleviate some of those concerns. Um, You can see the breakdown there of of where the auditors are located um, in the various different countries. And there's absolutely no surprise, I'm sure, that 38% of the um, auditors that are totally registered with APSCA at the moment are based in China and 64% in the Asia region in general as well. Um, We currently have 41 audit firm members. Um, We just recently um, have reopened membership to APSCA. Um, Prior to to that, we actually had had um, accepting a new member firm um, applications on hold while we were revamping that. Um, And we've actually just emailed out the um, application form to, I think, 43 different firms who have inquired over the last six months. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't even know that there were that many audit firms out there. So it's been quite an eye-opening experience for me. um, And we're looking forward to having the conversations with all of those audit firms. Uh, two other elements on this particular slide that I find really interesting as well is is the breakdown, the gender breakdown between um, male and female. Um, you know, looking at almost a 60-40 break, and, and I think some of the historical numbers that we were seeing um, didn't quite paint that that close to being an even a picture. 
So firstly, thanks very much um, to everybody for hanging in there. I know we're sort of screaming into the lunchtime hour. Um, and also thanks very much to the previous two panels who sort of um, warmed up and, and um, provided some, some good introductions some start to APSCA and everything that we're doing. Um, we don't have um, a huge amount of time. I'm going to make a couple of um, assumptions that you actually understand what APSCA is. Um, it's the Association of Professional Social Compliance Auditors. Um, we are actually the, the sixth attempt by the industry to professionalize the industry. Um, our, our mission is, is pretty straightforward. We're here to enhance the professionalism and credibility, um, the individuals and organizations actually performing those social compliance audits. Um, APSCA itself um, was formed three years ago by nine founding audit, firm, audit firms, um, ranging from, from small to very large. Um, and one of the things that those nine founding audit firms did, of which um, Intertech was one of them, was really take a good hard look at some of the reasons why the previous five attempts had not been successful. And to try to make sure that we all learned from those particular um, you know, column mistakes, I think they were great learning opportunities. Um, and, and we took those and, and, and ran with those. Um, and, and part of what they, we had done, and I say they because I was on the stakeholder board in the very beginning and then transitioned into um, um, being the only person within APSCA there for a while, um, but they made sure that they were taking that collaborative approach. We formed the stakeholder board um, as well as a number of working groups and actually all four people that were just up here on this previous panel um, have had a role to play in one or more um, than one um, uh, of the elements up here on the board. Um, I'm just going to give you some super interesting facts and, and some of these stats are, are pretty new. Um, we're in the process of enrolling auditors at the moment. Um, I spoke to my colleague um, just yesterday, she told me that we now have 3,100 um, fully enrolled social compliance auditors in 93 different countries around the world. Um, so when people have um, concerns over potential capacity issues, um, we're starting to more adapt and support APSCA in a way that uh, you know, a number of people up here in the panel were talking about. Hopefully this can help alleviate some of those concerns. Um, you can see the breakdown there of, of where the auditors are located um, in the various different countries. I and mean, there's absolutely no surprise, I'm sure, that 38% of the um, auditors that are totally registered with APSCA at the moment are based in China and 64% in the Asia region in general as well. Um, we currently have 41 audit firm members. Um, we just recently um, have reopened membership to APSCA. Um, prior to, to that, we actually had had um, accepting a new member firm um, applications on hold while we were revamping that. Um, and we've actually just emailed out the um, application form to, I think, 43 different firms who have inquired over the last six months. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't even know that there were that many audit firms out there. So it's been quite an eye-opening experience for me. Um, and we're looking forward to having the conversations with all of those audit firms. Uh, two other elements on this particular slide that I find really interesting as well is, is the breakdown, the gender breakdown between um, male and female. Um, you know, looking at almost a 60-40 break, and, and I think some of the historical numbers that we were seeing um, didn't quite paint that that close to being an even a picture. I think often we heard it was it was a much um, more male dominated. Um, but to sort of see the 60-40 or 59-41, if you want to be really specific, um, I think was was quite interesting for us, and we've actually shared that with. Um, the BSR group who um, are, are working on gender and will participate in that meeting later this week as well. 
We also um, did a bit of, you know, and this is a back of the envelope um, type number situation where we did an estimate size of the independent social compliance audit industry. And we've sort of ranked it at about 300 million US dollars, which is a far cry from, and I've, I've forgotten the report that came out about a month or so ago where it said we were a multi-billion dollar industry. So I think this, this also is, you know, trying to put a bit more of a, you know, it's a $300 million industry, which is, is a far cry, but um, um, I doubt we're ever going to reach that billion dollar mark. A couple of the other sort of interesting facts um, that we've had is, is even also looking at the breakdown. And so just to give you a bit of a description of the difference between a registered auditor and an ASCA, because these are, you know, APSCA specific terms. So the ASCA is the Associate Social Compliance Auditor. And, and one of the things that we're doing with all of our audit firms at the moment is we're encouraging them to get all of their auditors that are doing social compliance audits enrolled. You know, it doesn't matter how much experience that they have, we want to know that they exist and we want to get them into the system um, for a variety of reasons. One, you know, we want to start recognizing their progress as, as they're getting more experience along the way. We want them to be starting to put their APSCA member numbers on those audit reports to help support mutual recognition. Um, but we also want to be able to address and, and identify, you know, any ethical issues, right? You know, ethical issues don't happen just when you've been auditing for, you know, a, a specific period of time. They can happen at any time. And so we want to be able to, to work with the um, audit firms and the audit firms are obviously very interested in, in doing this as well, is that if there are ethical issues to, to identify them and, and make sure that they can't just leave that particular firm and walk across the street to another firm, just, you know, continuing on with the ethical issues. We want to be able to pick those up. And if the auditor is fully enrolled and they do leave an audit firm for an ethical issue, it then can come to APSCA and we can um, look at whether they lose their APSCA membership um, you know, either temporarily or permanently, depending on what the issue is. So we wanted to make sure that we're getting those auditors brought into the APSCA system very, very early in the piece. So those are our associate auditors. Um, they are auditors that have less than 100 social compliant audit day of experience. Um, and then the ones that registered are auditors that have more than 100 social compliance audit days of experience, um, and they're eligible to sit the exam. And so once they've been through the entire exam process, and I'll talk about that in a minute, um, they can move on to become what we're calling a CSCA, which is a Certified Social Compliance Auditor, because we all need a couple of more acronyms in our life. I just want to put that out there. And APSCA are here to help. Just let us know. Um, the other thing that we found really interesting was as we divided up um, the percentage of, of, of what we're calling A, B, and C, and just to give you know perspective again, because we like to confuse as much as possible, the difference between the A, B, and C audit firm. So the A, Intertech is an A audit firm. They have more than um, 200 employed social compliance auditors at, at either level, whether it's associate or registered. Um, and we currently have five audit firms that fall into that A category. Um, the B category are audit firms that have between um, 51 and, and 200 fully employed social compliance auditors, and the C firms are those with less than 50. We have six audit firms in the C category and 30, or sorry, six audit firms in the B category and 30 firms in the C category. Um, and so you'll see those percentages there. I mean, no surprise that the A firms have got the vast majority of the audit firms there. And just for those um, bright sparks that are kind of going, well, hang on below, you've got your um, employment status of, you know, basically 19% of freelance and subcontractor, and up the top you've kind of only got about five. What we did is for freelance and subcontract auditors that are wholly dedicated to one particular audit firm, we allocated in the A, B, or C. For those um, 
it's, and it says subcontractor, but it is subcontract and freelance auditors that are working for multiple firms. We've um, isolated them solely, and that's at, you know, you sort of see that basically 3.5%. And when you ask the question about why is there no firm associated, so these may be auditors that, and you can see it's a small, a small amount, um, these may be auditors that were associated to an audit firm, um, but have since left that, uh, that firm and, and they haven't either been claimed by another firm or they haven't put their hand up claiming to be with another firm, but they are still in the system. But um, social compliance auditors cannot put their APSCA member number on an audit report if they are not auditing on behalf of a, of a APSCA member firm. So just to tell you, so, you know, what does being fully enrolled with APSCA mean? So great, we've got their name and address and phone number, but, you know, what else does it really entail? Um, and as I said before, we have fully employed um, subcontractor and freelance auditors that are associated with an APSCA member firm, and they do have to be associated with an APSCA member firm at the point of enrollment. But enrollment is specific to that individual auditor. Right, so as you know, as I said before, we got 1.5% which have left the audit firm and, and you know, they're now either seeking employment or you know, whatever, they're still a, a, a member of APSCA until either they withdraw themselves or they don't pay their fees and so we, we withdraw them um, or, or they get decertified. Um, we are not in a position right now, we do get a number of inquiries of people wanting to enroll in APSCA that aren't affiliated with an audit firm and we're not in a position right now to take those on. You know, dealing with the 3100 continuing to grow, I saw another email from one of our larger audit firms this morning um, wanting to enroll another however many auditors. It continues to grow and, and um, at one stage where when we did back of the envelope numbers, we thought we'd have between 2,500 and 3,000. It's starting to feel like it's more going to be pushing that 4,000 um, mark um, within the next couple of months. So part of the enrollment process is they sign consent. Obviously, in the new age of, of all the privacy information, they have to sign consent that we can maintain their information on our database and that we can share it with any audit firm that is that they are connected to and they're affiliated with. Um, we do not share auditor information with audit firms that have not specifically been connected to that individual auditor, and both the audit firm and the auditor have to agree to be connected. And that's also kind of important because we have had audit firms that have said they're connected to an individual auditor and the auditor have said no and, and had it vice versa as well. So we do do that double check as well. We don't just sort of connect willy-nilly. Um, they have to sign um, and then they upload the APSCA code of professional conduct to acknowledge that they understand and agree to adhere to that, um, that code of conduct. Um, and as it says up there, upload an appropriate image. We're not a tender site. We some of the images that we have received were, you know, comical, and we do have a, a whole uh, picked wall up in um, in the office to sort of um, laugh at those once in a while, <laughs> shall we say? We've actually had one with a bird on the shoulder, and I absolutely kid you not. Um, but you know, that's the number one test: can they follow instructions? Um, sometimes the answer is no. Um, but they also upload other information about the number of audit reports that they, or number of audits, sorry, that they've, that they've participated in, their education, their accreditation, you know, all of those type of things, as, as well as the number of languages. And I think I, I skipped that on some of the stats. But one of the really interesting thing about languages is we basically have 11 languages um, that the auditors have identified as being um, advanced in that'll see us get to 95% of all the auditors. Okay, so 11 languages, 95% of the auditors. We have 57 more languages to tack that last 5%. In 10 of those languages, there's only one person that actually has that language, that advanced language skill. 
So what APSCA are trying to do for the next part, whilst we thought that the first two years were difficult and challenging to sort of get where we are today, certainly the next two years are not going to be that much easier, but we're going to keep giving it a go. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, we have our membership number and the APSCA auditor level, and I'm going to show you a minute in just a minute how you can validate those numbers whenever you get a mutual recognition um, audit report to sort of see, yes, are they an APSCA member and, and what level are they at, et cetera. Um, I said all that a minute ago. So people often ask, who are our member numbers? You know, Walmart have got, um, um, they don't accept a Smeta audit that hasn't been done by an APSCA member firm. Um, that's been for the last year. I know they're looking at moving that and those conversations with them and Fori and, and RAP and others to be getting those um, APSCA member numbers on there and, and making sure that APSCA member firms are the ones that are doing these audits that, that Walmart will accept. We always keep our website updated as to our APSCA member firms. They, they are, are on there and we're in the process of also making our um, website more user-friendly. Um, for people to um, obtain that information. And we also have like an Excel spreadsheet which gives um, links to websites for, people's, uh, for people to be able to um, um, connect up with the audit firms a little bit easier. And I get many phone calls in the middle of the night as a compliment of living in Australia, many phone calls in the middle of the night asking me um, who would be a great audit firm. Um, so those are our members. So I, I said before about being able to validate the individual auditor. Now, we don't want um, APSCA's website to become a shopping list, so we haven't necessarily made it super, super simple. You just can't type in a random name and come up with a number, and, and you can't just type a number in and come up with a bunch of names that might be associated with, right? Um, but what you have to do is you need to put, thank you, um, we need to put um, a surname, and you put the individual auditor number. And so the value in this, because we understand as a mutual recognition, you're not going to, you know, the picture's not attached to the report. But if the auditor turns up, when the auditor turns up in the facility itself and they've got their APSCA card, which we'll be issuing over the next while, if that card um, and you go onto the website and the face on that card and the face right there and the face in front of you don't match, we've possibly got a problem. And, and you know, we want people to be contacting us on that. Um, fair enough, though, when you've got your mutual recognition report, you put in the name, you put in the surname, and if nothing comes up, we'd like for you to contact us as well, right? And so it'll say that on the bottom of our, of our website, you know, contact us if you think it's a problem. Because we operate in 93 different countries at the moment, we've got obviously, you know, however many different privacy laws, we probably aren't in a position to be able to stick up here that Ron is not in good standing. Um, we're gonna have the in good standings and if it's blank, one of two things happen, they're either not in good standing or you put something in wrong. So, but don't hesitate to sort of give us a bit of a shout. Um, I'm just very quickly, I asked Avadis to give me a quick warning because I don't wanna take SLCP's time as well. Um, just very quickly on our exam, um, we heard a bit in mutual recognition and earlier that soft skills is a big challenge. And so the way we're doing our exam is in three different parts. Um, we have obviously the, you can see them up there. I'm not going to read them to you. Part one and part two are, are mainly multiple choice. We'll be doing them online through third party proctoring. Um, before some of you, like I was, that's very skeptical of that. Um, everything is being recorded. Um, we can play that back. We recently did a, a pilot to test it out. Um, we've actually done a few pilots. One of the first pilots that we did, I had people set up to, their sole focus was to cheat. That's all I wanted them to do. I didn't care if they answered questions. I wanted them to cheat. I wanted them to test the system. I wanted to see what the third party proctoring could, could pick up. 
is fascinating. The next one was, was more testing the actual system. And we did have a couple of bright sparks that decided they wanted to try and cheat. It wasn't in the scope of things, but it was a very different conversation when I had to speak to them and say, hey, you know what? Um, we disallowed your, your exam due to ethical issues. And when they tried to push back, I said, so at minute at 35, this is what I observed. It's a, it's a, it's a shut and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not a he said, she said, it, it is a, a shut case. So it was, it was actually quite powerful to be able to do that. Um, part three um, is one that we're still working at exactly how we're going to roll this out, but we're looking at, at um, and having a talk to the proctoring people that are helping us with part one and part two to see if we can use the similar format. But this is really testing those soft skills. It's testing their skills to talk at all levels of, of you know, management. You've got opening meetings, you've got closing meetings, you have worker interviews, we have the canteen workers, we have all those, those different types of people. And, and we want to be testing the auditors on that as well. Um, we did something very similar in our in our Turkey pilot and our China pilot um, last year and earlier this year with with some great success. And so now we're working at how can we scale this across these you know 93 different countries with 30 you know however many 3,000 plus um, individual auditors that we're going to be doing this with. Um, we're looking at running that through and of course continuous professional development. It's just like an audit. It's not a one-hit wonder. We have to make sure that we're continually testing these individuals, um, making sure that they're learning and growing. Um, things are changing our industry very quickly. So how through continuous professional development can we work with the audit firms to keep the auditors as they're getting their certification, keep them up to speed, et cetera. Just quickly, we've got sort of our, our five ask and um, we have our support page on our website, looking at using AppScub member firms um, as you're going through your process, either it's through your own program, it's through its mutual recognition. Um, as Betty just said, you know, using um, fully enrolled auditors with APSCA, um, having, you know, if you have a team of two, you know, one registered, one associate, you know, we, we need to keep building up the succession planning. This isn't about just saying it's only registered or certified auditors. It is about succession planning and long-term. Contact us if you have any, any questions. We're here to help. I know I, I've sort of talked way longer than I meant to, bad habit of mine. Um, but if you have any questions, I'd, I'd love to, um, to answer those. This has been another episode of Assurance in Action. If you would like to learn more about APSCA, please visit theapsca.org, as in T-H-E-A-P-S-C-A.org. If you would like to learn more about mutual recognition, we offer a fact sheet located at the link in the description of this podcast. Please remember to subscribe to Assurance in Action wherever you listen to podcasts and rate us whenever you can. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.